Justin Herbert ended up playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it did not matter because the Chargers got destroyed on both sides of the ball. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for six seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making this post-game show your first listen today. And I know it is a tough one that was excruciating to watch, but to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And David, I mean, there's so many places to go with this. The Chargers get absolutely blown out 38-10 to by the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. They lose two more Pro Bowl All-Pro players with Joey Bosa and Rashawn Slater. But the offense with Justin Herbert, minus Corey Lindsley, minus Keenan Allen, was really, really tough to watch. I think there's a lot of blame to go around there, and the Chargers having Justin Herbert in way too late in this game. But on the defensive side of things, I mean, 21 points allowed in the second half. They were getting diced up on the ground. They were making Trevor Lawrence way too comfortable. And that's why he went and got Khalil Mack, right? So if Joey Bosa goes out, you still have a guy to get pressured. That didn't happen this one. It's not Khalil Mack's fault, but the other guys didn't step up either. And then just the coaching in general, David, and the outlook, I think we need to get into because there's a lot of times where in this game, the Chargers got out coached. And I think the next few games, which was you know thought of as an easy part of the schedule, becomes anything but that, especially if we see a repeat performance of an uninspired Chargers team in week three, like we saw today. But David, I think it starts with the offense. Justin Herbert did play. We weren't sure, but we thought he probably would, meaning he got the injection that he needed. Seemed like he was pretty comfortable out there, maybe a couple of times where he seemed a little bit uncomfortable. Didn't look totally right, though, as far as his play on the field. The Chargers offense really, really struggled in the first half, and it's just hard to really impact the game offensively when you're starting it the way the Chargers did, which is an interception that bounces off Sony Michelle's hands right to a Jaguars defender. And then a third and 10 where Justin Herbert, your injured quarterback, gets smoked and fumbles for the first time this season, giving the Jags another chance at points. I mean, it was really, really tough to watch the whole game, but especially the beginning. Yeah, well, in the beginning, it's just you're asking the Chargers defense to do a lot, do way more than they should have. And that's because you give up those turnovers. And, you know, the first turnover turned into a field goal, but it's only a matter of time until that turnover, those turnovers turn into something a lot more consequential. And of course, that second one turned into a touchdown. So 10 points off of turnovers and you know the Chargers defense played admirably, but the Chargers offense got nothing going this entire game. And, you know, one good stat I used in our Lockdown Now video is that their average yards to go on third down was over eight yards, which is ridiculous. But that was the entire game. They just could not get anything going. They couldn't run the football, which contributed in large part to them being in those really bad down and distance situations, which led to the Chargers not being able to sustain drives. And that was the story of the game on offense for the Chargers. A hundred percent. I mean, I think the biggest loss in this game was probably Corey Lindsley. I mean, we saw how it affected the Chargers offense in the second half against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then in this game, it looked very similar to that, right? Until it was kind of getting out of hand. They started kind of opening things up. But they had like really one good offensive drive. The Chargers did in the first half. Got a touchdown. 
gave up 10 points off of offensive turnovers, which you just can't have, especially against a team, you know, that's better than people think they are in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm kind of trying to tell, you know, say that for sure. But also at the same time, like, you're right. The rushing attack is non-existent. I mean, my bold prediction almost came true. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it seemed like they were close to, to popping some things. This game was all over the place. First of all, I mean, Josh Kelly gets one carry, and he'd been the best running back they'd had on the ground so far. Did not understand that at all. Sony Michelle leads the team, but as a team, right, you average 2.2 yards per carry in this game. 2.2. I mean, and this whole season and the whole offseason was about not having Justin Herbert have to do everything, right? So you improve the defense and to make it so, hey, maybe the defense can win you some games. You bring in running backs like Isaiah Spiller and Sony Michelle. Isaiah Spiller can't even get you know, activated on game day, which is another story. But 12 carries, 26 yards, 2.2 yards per carry, David. You just can't win games like that. They're such a one-sided offense. And I thought the, the offensive line did admirable in pass protection, right, especially considering missing, you know, your all-pro left tackle for some of the game, missing your all-pro center. It was just a disaster in the running game, though. There's no I, – I can find no positives to take away from it. Well, it's a lot easier to defend the pass when you know the threat of the run is non-existent. There is no threat. The Chargers could not get anything going on the ground, and so it was easy for the Jacksonville Jaguars to just sit back in coverage and really play good pass defense, and they did. You know, you got to give them their credit, but that's all because the Chargers could not get anything going on the ground, especially early on. That gets shut down, and then, you know, you get down on the scoreboard, and then it's you know, pretty much impossible to run the football at that point, which makes you a lot more easy to defend because they know you got to throw the football. So it's just a really bad situation. You don't get the running game going early. You don't get it going at all. Then you fall behind. You're forced to throw the ball. You get into really bad down and distance situations all game long. You get into no rhythm outside of one drive and you can't expect to win football games when your offense looks like that. 100%. And like we talked about Corey Lindsley and how much it changed when he left the Chiefs game. But I mean, just what this offense has looked like since they've been missing Keenan Allen was hugely apparent in this game. Again, I mean, the Chargers need Keenan Allen back in the worst way because Herbert doesn't have that safety blanket. This is an offense that lives in a lot of third downs. And when you're playing the way they are right now and you can't convert on those third downs, it's going to look like it did today. Your defense is going to be on the field way too much. And their number one player on third down is obviously Keenan Allen but yeah what about Mike Williams though right I mean it's like the Jaguars were doing things to try to take away Mike Williams which becomes a lot easier when they know you don't have Keenan Allen right make anyone else beat us it still has to be better than what we saw from Mike Williams in this one though I mean and there's just as much as I understand schematically why it was tough and I mean I'll see more when I go back and watch the game too one catch for 15 yards and a touchdown (laughs) It can't happen because this is two games now out of the three games. Last week, he has a huge week, but the Chargers offensive skill players, they just didn't show up around Justin Herbert either. He was a little bit off. But I mean, if you would have told me the Chargers were going to be without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams was going to have this game, I mean, it would have been hard to believe. You can't have it. You just can't have it, especially when you're paying this guy $20 million a year. I mean, is he only good because he had Keenan Allen on the other side opening up opportunities for him? I mean, it's kind of hard to try to, you know, fight back on asking those type of questions because Mike Williams needs to come out here and perform. I mean, he made a phenomenal catch in this one. I mean, his contested catch skills are ridiculous. I mean, it's unbelievable what he can do when you throw the football up to him. But yeah, the Jags were double teaming him all day, but 
that's, uh, you know, you got to know that that's happening. You got to fight through it. You, you, you got to make an impact on this game. You get paid that amount of money. They expect you to be a guy, to be a yeah. superstar, to be a needle mover. And unfortunately, this is one of the, another one of those games that outside of the touchdown, Mike Williams just disappears. Yeah, and we knew there was something missing from this offense, right? I mean, the offense is underwhelmed through two weeks going into this one. But to have this performance, I think, shines a light on a lot of things. And I know Joe Lombardi's taking some heat, which he absolutely should. He was working behind the eight ball 100%. Yeah. At the same time, it still has to be better. <laughs> you just can't sure. have an offense with Justin Herbert on the field that's putting up 10 points. Yeah, they. I think DeAndre Carter got robbed of a garbage time touchdown late. Oh, yeah. Game for sure. And there were some questionable calls, but there's no excuses for this one. I mean, there's just no excuse to put up this performance. Good teams lose good players all the time. And a lot of teams have one great receiver that other teams are going in scheming against. And those great yeah. receivers still have games. Those great receivers still show up. The Chargers didn't get that in this game from Mike Williams. And some of it's on Herbert, who was a little off. Some of it's on Mike Williams. But it seems like right now, contested catches are the only receptions, you know, that Mike Williams is making, at least in yeah. two of the three games we've seen so far this season. So the scheme has to be better. You have to find better ways to get him the ball. You have to find better ways to use your offensive weapons. It doesn't seem like there's one guy right now, besides maybe DeAndre Carter, where it's like, okay, it seems like they're fully maximizing this guy's potential and that's what oh, coaching yeah. is and they, i understand the offensive line and all that stuff yeah that's really tough and that's going to play a huge factor in the Chargers' offensive success going forward it still has to be better than this this justin herbert guy is pretty dang good right he should be able to put up more than 10 points at home against the jacksonville jaguars pretty much in any situation and it just wasn't good enough from the players and the execution standpoint the running game standpoint the coaching standpoint again seemed like the chargers got out coached and it wasn't just on offense david because it's hard to call Brandon Staley a genius when the Chargers defense keeps having performances like this. J.C. Jackson was missing this game. The Chargers lost Joey Bosa in this game. Those are two top 30 NFL players in my mind. That is a huge loss. It still has to be better than what we saw on Sunday because it just wasn't enough. And so we have to get into that, David, getting into where the Chargers run defense went wrong again. I mean, that was something we thought, you know, had to get better. It still hasn't, right? This is a game that kind of showed you, okay, Still kind of what we thought it was, especially when you give up a 50-yard touchdown. So we're going to get into the woes on the defensive side coming up after this. But there's one thing I can tell you guys, and I truly have talked to my therapist about the Chargers. And this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp, our sponsor, and one of my favorite sponsors. Because therapy is something I didn't think I needed for a lot of my life. And I ended up using it during COVID, especially with BetterHelp, who makes it super easy to get the help that you need and to talk to someone and pick someone out that you want. That's one of the best things to me about BetterHelp, which is a remote therapy that you don't have to drive to. You don't have to sit in traffic. You're not using gas money. They come to you, which makes it super convenient. And one of the many reasons why I love BetterHelp, but also just getting the help, right? And talking to someone is something that I found super helpful and something I would suggest to pretty much anybody. But with BetterHelp specifically, if you're thinking of trying therapy, BetterHelp is a great option because it's convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. If you don't like it, you can switch it. When you want a, a better problem-solving help, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn and slash LockedOn. All right, David. Well, we talked about the offense, and that was... <laughs> incredibly frustrating to watch right i mean you, you see the things you see the flashes right and you see you know gerald everett 20 yards down the field and you see the throw to mike williams you see, see the throw to jalen guyton which you know justin herbert just happened to make one of the best throws i've ever seen again in this game 
and the offense only put up 10 points. But defensively, David, I mean, what do you say? <laughs> it's besides just not good enough. I mean, I mean, I don't know. You want to start with the, the pass events. You want to start with making Trevor Warren's uncomfortable. The run defense was literally awful. But to me, this game obviously swung when Joey Bosa left the game. Joey Bosa left the game early in this one. And before that, the Chargers defense bailed out the offense in the first half several times by, you know, mm-hmm. holding them to a field goal, getting stops in the first half and giving the Chargers offense a chance to get back in the game. That seemed to stop when Joey Bosa left the field. And to me, it was all about the pressure or the lack thereof from the Chargers, David. The pressure absolutely disappeared in this game when Joey Bosa left. And the one thing, the biggest key of this game going into it, make Trevor Lawrence uncomfortable. Once again, for the second straight week, he looked comfortable as all get out, right? And he just dissected the Chargers defense. And they really just did whatever they wanted. Trevor Lawrence got layup after layup after layup in this game. And he played exceptionally well, on schedule. Credit to him. Yeah. No, and I'm not taking anything away from them. They executed their offense exactly as you've seen it in the first two games of the season. They got the easy throws. There was no pressure on Trevor Lawrence. He was able to get to his first read. He was able to get those six, seven, eight yard chunk passes, which really set them up to be unlike the Chargers offense on those favorable down and distance situations, those third and five and unders you saw that all day long and they were those are a lot easier to convert than when you're in third and long and they just hardly were ever in third and long in this game they ran the ball extremely effectively and that really allowed trevor lawrence to just sit back hit the open receiver there was no pressure on him at all it was a calm cool collected comfortable day by trevor lawrence he played played very well and he played very well because the chargers didn't really get anywhere close to him 100%. The Chargers' run defense is super confusing, and I think obviously got gashed in this game many times, but then also had like a bunch of really good plays too. But it just like can't put together a complete performance. And then on fourth and one, when you have to get the ball back to your offense, when this game can really switch at that point, you give up a 50-yard touchdown. Everyone is selling out in the middle of the field for a quarterback sneak or a dive up the middle. James Robinson follows a blocker goes outside and absolutely just has a garage door to run through and goes untouched 50 yards for a touchdown. That's unacceptable no matter who you have on the field. That's just a a terrible play by a defense that is getting exposed in a lot of ways. And, yes, I mean, it makes a big difference to have J.C. Jackson. It makes a big difference to have Joey Bosa. Those guys are huge players. The Chargers still had Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James, Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day. All these guys were still out there. Drew Tranquil. All right, all these people we've you know expected big things from. I mean, not that any of those guys in particular played terrible games, but as a unit, you still had plenty of pieces to make it work, and you just didn't. Yeah, I mean, the, the, definitely. I mean, the the I think Drew Tranquil played pretty decently in this game. I, I felt like he had a couple of moments that that looked good, but collectively, they did not play team defense in this one. I mean, it's it's really hard to get interceptions or get you know get any opportunities to turn the football over when you don't get pressure on the quarterback. It makes everyone's life more difficult. And the Chargers didn't do that in this game. They got gashed on the ground. They got gashed in the air. They played pretty well red red zone defense in the beginning of the game but as they were on the football field more and more and more that's going to tire you out and unfortunately you saw them get really tired towards the end and then the Jacksonville Jaguars were just teeing off and scoring touchdowns one after the other and you know before you know it the the game is is unfortunately lost 
One day, one of the things that we kind of harped on, you know, going into this was like, hey, okay, the defense has to be better, but it also has to have better depth, right? Like that's yeah. always been a thing with the Chargers and the Chargers roster is how will their depth hold up? And in this game, I mean, how can you say it did, right? Chris Rump gets a huge chance to get into this game and big snaps doesn't really do anything with it. Kyle Van Noy gets to play on the edge. He gets some snaps at the edge. He can't really do anything with it. Khalil Mack, I mean, you know, it's obviously a lot easier to chalk it up for, okay, just wasn't his game. Hey, they paid way extra attention to him because Joey Bosa wasn't on the field. But, like, I mean, there's hard to find a, you know, even one unit that really kind of validated itself in this game. And the Chargers defense, right? Brandon Steele is a defensive coach, and he's a guy that we've, you know, defended many times and just kind of said, hey, we believe in this guy. It has to be better than that with him. I mean, this defense still has way too much talent to have that performance. I mean, you still like Derwin James is a freak, and it just seems like like it was easy. It, it was easy all day for the Jaguars, especially in the second half when you give up 21 points. The Chargers just could not get off the field. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is comfortable. They get ahead of the sticks, but like, how can you have confidence in this run defense going forward after this one? How can you have confidence that even with this Chargers upcoming schedule that this defense is going to be able to go out there and dominate? Because it's like, hey, this is a game with a banged up quarterback where you needed your defense to come through and keep you in this game. And they failed to do that. Yeah. And if you think it was difficult stopping the run against James Robinson and Travis Etienne, well, guess guess who's lurking next week? It's Nick Chubb. And it's also that litany of running backs that they have over there. It's just scary. Kareem Hunt, excuse me. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, two phenomenal runners that are physical beasts, that can break tackles, that are super fast, that are game wreckers. I mean, those guys are fantastic, and they're the reason why the Browns are a competitive football team with a backup quarterback starting you know, right now for them. And it's not going to get easier. I mean, this looked like a a stretch on the schedule where you felt like the Chargers were going to be able to rack up some wins. But you also didn't anticipate your quarterback having a major injury, your left tackle having an injury, your center having an injury, your number one wide receiver having an injury, your number one corner that you spent $82.5 million on having an injury. A lot of injuries that the Chargers have to overcome, but it's not all about the injuries. You got to go out there with the guys that you have on the field and go execute. And unfortunately, on both sides of the ball, we didn't see that today. It was an ugly performance that the Chargers need to learn from, flush, and have to get ready for the Browns next week. Well, yeah, it's Texans. Yeah, Texans. Excuse me, the, the Texans. Brand. I'm sorry. Yeah, David's going to be there, too. He has no excuse for that <laughs> it's one. It's been a long but, day. Yeah, it's no, been a long I, day. I get it. I mean, and, and this game honestly reminded me a lot of the Texans game. Like, yeah, it was ugly. Year, you know, That's probably of, why you know, I was thinking COVID of that. Injuries and stuff. But yeah, I mean, the Chargers should be very afraid of the Browns. But I think that is, you know, a part of the schedule where we looked at it and we said, hey, this is where the Chargers kind of need to get fat on their schedule before you go down the stretch and you have all these tough games against, yeah. you know, teams who won last year. These games seem games seem harder than we thought at the beginning of the season, right? Even with an 0-2-1-1 Houston Texans team. It's hard to feel super confident right now, so we're going to talk don't. about that in this, you know, upcoming few games. Plus, also just, hey, are the Chargers getting enough out of their players? As a coach, that's your number one job, right? Getting the most out of your players, that's what was promised to come in and do. Have the Chargers coaches been doing that? We're going to talk about it coming up right after this. So, yeah, David, just like the Chargers offensively and defensively, had a little brain meltdown over there. But, I mean, this is something (laughs) where, David, we looked at this schedule. You know, Chargers have this great schedule release video, and we're looking at it, and it's like, hey, 
the schedule's a lot tougher towards the back end of the season based on the preconceived notions that we have of these teams on their results of 2021, right? And we've already seen a few weeks into 2022. It's not always that simple. Teams aren't always as bad, and other teams improve, and teams are worse than you think they are. Right now, the Chargers are looking like the team that's worse than everyone thought they would be. And the on-paper talk, the amount of talent, the amount of depth on this team got exposed on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this isn't just to be a doom and gloom podcast, David. This isn't a fun podcast to do. But at the same time, this is reality. If you can't keep it closer than that, even given the circumstances against a team like the Jaguars, like I said, who are better than you know we thought they were and better than a lot of people think they are, it doesn't matter. You are good enough to compete. You are good enough to go out and win that game with the pieces you had. You just didn't do it. And now, David, you're going to be at this game next week. I mean, you have to be terrified right now that you just buy your ticket to your straight, second straight beat down by the Texans. I am. I am. I am very, very scared. And it sucks because I'm supposed to be celebrating some major milestones, a birthday. I'm about to close on a house. I'm trying to go to this game as a birthday present to myself. But you still have the Chargers in your life. <laughs> yes, of course. I got the Chargers in my life. And so uh, I have to cover them and, and watch film on the Texans leading up to this game and not feel at all comfortable that the Chargers are going to be able to come into this game and win because yeah. the product that we saw today where they still had plenty of guys on offense and defense to get the job done, they get blown out by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And hey, I, I give credit to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had a good game plan. They took it to the Chargers on both sides of the ball, on offense and on defense. They controlled the game. That's for sure. Yeah. Going up against the Texans, they should definitely be ready for this football game. They cannot go in here and play laxed football like they did against the Jaguars and think that they are going to win. This is no longer an easy game. There are no longer any easy games with everything that is going on. The Chargers need to show up and be ready to play. 100%. And I mean, the Chargers have their personnel, you know, issues showing up as well, right? Because that yeah. is one of the big things and why you can't really feel confident about these upcoming games is just you don't know who's going to play. How significant is Joey Bosa's injury? How significant is Rashawn Slater's injury? We don't know that right now. I do think one good thing or great thing the Chargers could be getting back are Corey Lindsley and Keenan Allen, hopefully, Please. because that would be, I think, huge because of how important. Like, I see a lot of stuff out there, right? It's like, oh, you know, not having Corey Lindsley is not just the problem. Not having Keenan Allen is not just the problem. You're right. It's not. It's multi-layered. Yeah. It's, it's play calling. It's coaching. It's personnel. It's, you know, lack thereof of certain positions and skill players and redundant skill sets. All of these things, you know, we had worries about before the season. But personnel-wise, too, right? All offseason, you're like, hey, go get a right tackle. You cannot go into this season feeling comfortable with Trey Pipkins at right tackle. You didn't do it, right? And Trey Pipkins has acquitted himself pretty well. He hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been the reason the Chargers offense has gotten derailed, you know, for – Feels like, you know, parts of three games and all of this game that we just yeah. watched. But now you might have Storm Norton, right? And Trey Pipkins as your starting tackles. That's what happens when you leave these holes because you're always just one injury away. You don't, you know, you think that you get Kyle Van Noy. He's supposed to be this hybrid edge player, right? He's going to be an edge if you need him. He's going to be a linebacker if you need him. Well, one game in, obviously it's one game. But at the same time, did you feel like the edge rushing depth was getting after Joey Bosa left? No. Like, no. In the secondary, you're missing J.C. Jackson. You didn't get enough out of the rest of those guys, right? You draft J.T. Woods. Alohi Gilman's still out there playing, and he's, you know, getting beat for 30-plus yard plays and getting called for penalties. Like, it just hasn't played out the way you think it is, and that's kind of always how it goes. But the Chargers coaches have to be better because, David, I mean, I'm a Brandon Staley guy. Brandon Staley says all the right things. He has the right attitude. 
I see a lot of people ready to jump ship after Justin Herbert was in that game with four and a half minutes left to play down by 28 points in the first play. He gets hit in the ribs. Like how, how do you defend that kind of coaching? I don't. And I, I hated it. I don't, un, don't understand it at all. And I am also a Brandon Staley guy. I, I love the guy. I appreciate the way he communicates. I feel like he is a smart coach, but in that moment, that was not a good decision. I don't understand yeah. it. No reason that you can bring to me that would justify why your quarterback who has fractured rib cartilage still in a football game that has clearly already been decided. The game yeah. is over. There is no reason he should have been in that game that late. It has to be Chase Daniel. I don't yeah. care what the justification was. It's not good enough. There's no, no excuse for it at all. Absolutely not. I, I mean, it, it was just insane. Like, wave the white flag. You lost. This isn't a it's masculinity over. contest. This isn't about pride at this point. The Jaguars just ran over your pride. You're not buying yourself morale by throwing Justin Herbert, your injured star player, back on the field. You know who else probably thinks that's dumb? Some of the players out there on the field, I'm sure, were questioning, what is ha- why is this dude out there? Like, yeah, you always want to show your team you're going to do everything it takes to win, but, like, this is borderline Greg Schiano, you know, having his players go all out when the quarterback's taking a knee at the end of the game. Like, yeah. what are you trying to prove with this? Are you trying to get meaningless stats at the end of the game? Because guess who went down at the end of it? The guy who made the biggest play for you offensively of the day, Jalen Guyton, finally makes a big play. You have him out there down 28 points late in the fourth quarter, and he gets hurt and has to get helped off the field. You saw what happened already in this game. The attrition that had already happened. You lost your all-pro left tackle already. You know other offensive players you have are already, you know, questionable probably again for next week. How can you justify having these guys out there? I mean, Josh Palmer ended up coming back in, but he looked a little shaken up on that last drive. Justin Herbert takes a hit on that last drive. I didn't get that part at all. One of the few times I've been, you know, totally, completely can't even see Brandon Staley's side of the story. Last week, at least it was a game. They were an onside kick away from going and potentially winning that game. And that maybe isn't even a good enough excuse. In this one, there was no game. The game is over and you have that dude out there with two tackles you don't feel great about. Injuries all over the offense and you're throwing the ball all over the field and putting him in danger. And that's not even to talk about the defensive side of things, David, where it's like, okay, well, Brandon Steely is the defensive play caller here. The Chargers players that haven't stepped up enough, I mean, that's for sure. The execution definitely hasn't been there outside of a couple of different guys. But, like, now between this, at the end of the game with Brandon Steely, the defensive side of things, which still, you know, he has the pieces now to kind of do what he wants to do, still can't get it done or at least evolve around the injuries that he has and adapt and adjust enough to get a competent defense out there. Like, it's getting harder to defend this guy. Truly, it is. It is absolutely getting harder. But also, let, let's remember, you know, th- this is three games in a 17 game season. 100 percent. So let, let's keep some perspective. The sky totally. is not falling. You know, it's not the end of the world, but there is some red flags. There are some alerts that need to be tended to. The Chargers need to make adjustments on the field and from a coaching perspective. They need to look at this a different way because how they have handled it first th- through the first three games has not been good enough. They yeah. need to make adjustments and they need to make them now. 100%. And yes, I mean, it probably did seem I'm coming out a little bit. The sky is falling. You know, I'm not firing everyone or anything like that, but it's just frustrating. And like, yeah, I think is. the biggest part 100%. of this is like, this has to be a wake up call. Like, this has to be a wake up call that it's not enough. And I think the other frustrating part is just seeing the things you're concerned about going into the season 
come into fruition, right? As frustrating as it is, you know, you're yelling, get a right back, you're yelling, get a deep speed receiver, a guy who can create after the catch, you're yelling all these things, and then to see it come back and haunt the Chargers like this as it did in this game, yeah, it's tough. The Chargers are still incredibly talented. They're going to have way better games than this. They're still a very, very good team. But at this point, though, if you're at anything other than go out and prove it to me, I mean, that's just, you know, uh, more hope than I have, right? At least as far as that. Like, the Chargers are still going to win a lot of games this year. I'm not swayed in that if they can get these guys healthy. But, like, hey, this team, as it's currently constituted, isn't good enough to win a ton of games if they're going to be missing the guys they're missing in this game. Yeah. Right? I think they showed you that. Like you, you, Unless you can get guys like Corey Lindsley, Keenan Allen back, Joey Bosa, Rashawn Slater back. Like It's not panic mode yet, David. The Chargers still have a lot in front of them. Injuries can change that, as we've seen way too many times in way too many Charger seasons. And I think that's the thing that, that hurts the most. It's like you're seeing it happen, starting to happen again. We'll see what happens with these injuries. But that's, I think, the biggest concern here is it's like, okay, well, this Chargers team can be a very good team, but like, can they be good enough to overcome these injuries, these specific injuries that they had on Sunday against the Jags? Yeah, that's what's that's what we're going to have to find out. That's what's upcoming. And, you know, th- this is the part of their schedule that is a little bit forgiving. Well, it's not going to be forgiving for long. And, and and that's 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 what's going to make this even worse is, you know, hopefully the Chargers, you know, obviously they've been hit with some major injuries. Hopefully they get a little bit healthier and that does help them go out there and execute a little bit better. Hopefully you get a J.C. Jackson back next week and he feels good and he's ready to go for the rest of the year. And hopefully Corey Lindsley's knee injury has calmed down and they they get that to where it's an acceptable level. And it, it seemed like Keenan Allen was pretty close to possibly playing in this game. So I think there is a very good chance you could see him next week. But these guys need to come in and perform and step up because it was a very ugly performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And hopefully this is a wake-up call. Hopefully this is the Chargers looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. And I have to go back to the drawing board and go back to work and then go out there and prove it on the football field on Sunday. Yeah, or at least, you know, show this team nothing is going to be given to you no team is going to give you that win right now the only win you have is against the 0 three raiders right and you had another loss to the chiefs who looked pretty beatable against the colts this weekend right so i think that's the yep, tough and part. they lost 100 percent. yeah exactly so that is good the chargers are right in the thick of things right i mean they're one game out of the division lead and there's a lot ahead of them and i do think there's one kind of silver lining that we'll get more into tomorrow is the Chargers can win with this level of Justin Herbert. Like, if this is what Justin Herbert looks like, we saw some throws on Sunday that let you know, hey, they can still win with this dude out there. And I thought for the outside of the last five minutes of the game, I actually took pretty good care of him, but the offense just wasn't good enough and couldn't stay on the field long enough to really find out. But the Chargers can absolutely win with this quarterback. Justin Herbert playing the way he did today is still better than most of the other quarterbacks in this league. They just had to figure out how to win around it because once again, it seemed like today, the only way they were going to even get back in this game in shouting reach of this game, right? Is if Justin Herbert put the team on his back and did something heroic. And you just can't expect that from your quarterback who has rib fractured rib cartilage, but it doesn't mean he's not purely enough, you know, definitely enough to go win you some games and win you some games that you have coming up on this schedule. So it's back to the drawing board for the chargers. And we'll be back here with you guys tomorrow with buy or sell with me, you know, if the Chargers can win with this level of Justin Herbert and much more. Make sure to get your guys' voicemails and your tweets in wherever you guys want to get reacting to this game. You can call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. And we'll be trying to get into some of those on Wednesday and also getting into some or 
you know, tw- yeah, on Wednesday. We'll also get into some Twitter questions on Wednesday as well. You guys can find us at Locked On LAC on Twitter. We also post the show there every day as well. And you can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkST. To make sure you guys don't miss the show, make sure you are subscribing on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. If you're on here now, make sure to go hit that subscribe button and also following the show for free wherever you get your podcasts from every day. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and rate and review if you like the show as well. But thank you guys so much again, especially after a tough loss like this. It means a lot to us when you guys come out and, you know, support us, especially at a time like this. And we're going to keep on being here every day with you guys to commiserate when we have to, to vent when we have to, but also for the good times that are potentially coming for this team, we'll be here for that as well. But most importantly, we'll be here tomorrow with buy or sell. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.